Good morning. It's a great day out there. Wow. I heard the announcement this first service about the 90-year anniversary, and I was reminded of, of my only fishing story that I have in the whole world, but I'm going to tell it, of the day I went sturgeon fishing. How many have gone sturgeon fishing and caught a sturgeon? Okay. How big was your fish? That's not even... That's not. Yours is six feet? Anybody beat six feet? Other than me? I heard a voice. Six foot eight. I, bu- I caught a six foot eight sturgeon fish. Only fish I've caught in my life. I'm proud of it. When I heard that... When I heard the word 90 year, I was reminded of, and I just looked this up recently because I wondered if it was actually correct, that sturgeon fish can grow over 10 feet long. Uh, Mine was out of the Fraser Chilliwack River in the West Coast. And a fish that is about 10 feet longer or 10 feet or longer could be 100 years old. Imagine what that fish has seen in its time. Probably the same waters he's always seen. Probably not much different. (laughs) Here's what I learned, though. The older the fish, the longer the fight. Mine just took 45 minutes to land. I hear that every six inches of a longer fish takes, I've heard 30 minutes, I've heard 60 minutes, longer to land because that fish has got more fight. When I heard that 90 years, I thought, okay, we're getting there. What it tells us is we're getting ready for, we got a lot of fight in us. Like I know the devil says it's over. Your good days are over. Your youth is over. Like it's always exciting when things start. So much potential. So much excitement. A little baby. So much potential. And then at 22, 20, you're kicking them out of the house. You don't, you don't even want them around anymore. Just I, uh, I was, Yesterday I was looking uh, where I was staying and I saw children playing uh, soccer. All the parents around watching them play soccer. And, uh, and, and I was one of those parents watching my kids play soccer. But as they got older and at different levels of competition, I noticed that there were fewer parents coming out. And it's almost, and when they're adults, like, no parents are there anymore. Like, whatever. They've, they didn't make it what I thought they'd make it. So what I'm saying to you is that the older you are, even as a Christian, older you are as an individual, older we are as a church. There's more fight in us. I don't want to go to battle with a rookie. I want to go to battle with a warrior that has fought a few battles. God, yeah, this is nothing compared to last month. It was a big battle, that one. There's only one giant out there. I had three giants last year. There's no big deal. Look, it's kind of a big deal for me, you know. But when you've been around longer, you've, that, that six foot eight inch sturgeon, it wasn't his first, 
Wasn't his first rodeo, right? He'd been caught before, likely. No problem. Pull me up. We go for a fight. After we're done, let's me go. Go back to the bottom. They don't even probably move from the bottom for about a month. They're just exhausted from all the fight. But I, I thought, but in my spirit, I went, the longer the fight, the older you are, the longer the fight, the longer the fight. I was trying to pull that fish in. In, four, in five minutes, ten minutes, my forearms are screaming. I'm looking at the guys that are with me, you know. Hey, you caught them. You bring them in. Come on, help me out. I told the story before, but it seems to fit with our theme of Acts. <clears throat> a few years ago, I had a washing machine that broke down. And I uh, thought it was in the timing mechanism, the motor area. So I kind of figured that out. I don't know how I did that. figured it out. And I uh, took it to a, an appliance store. It wasn't much Google at that point in time. So you get this part, we can order it in. So they ordered it in. I remember thanking the guy, going, man, this is great, thank you. Uh, guys, I'm, I'm Jim. Jim, thanks. Jim, this is great. I, I, I can always come here for good appliance parts. You know, I was trying to encourage him a little bit. He goes, actually, we're closing. We're closing. He goes, yeah, I'm not well. I'm sick. I've got hep C. Just, there's, there's no cure. It's, I can't, I'm just not strong. I'm closing in the month. So I, I did what any follower of Christ would do. I just loved him and went, man, I am so sorry to hear that. That is tragic. And, uh, but what I didn't do was pray for him immediately. So I expressed some concern, some care, turned around, was walking out of, the, out, of the, out of the store, and all of a sudden I felt the Holy Spirit say, pray for Jim. I actually just was pray for him. I didn't pray for him. So I turned, I thought, this is a bit awkward now. I could have been better earlier, you know, a bit awkward. So I kind of came back, and he was behind the counter, and I said, Jim, can I pray for you? Like, I believe God answers, does miracles today, can answer, and I want to pray for you. I remember his line. His line was, well, if it doesn't take very long. I said, well, shouldn't take that long at all. Just going to pray, and I'm out of here. So I prayed for Jim. I prayed for two things. I remember that. I prayed for his healing, and I prayed for his salvation, that he'd come to know Jesus personally. And at the end of the month, the store closed, and I never saw Jim Never saw him. Didn't know what happened to him. I was just being obedient. About a year later, I, the church that I was part of in, in Langley, they, we were baptizing people in water, and it was my turn to baptize some, and had about 10 people I was going to be baptizing. And I always like to get their stories fresh, because if someone freezes in front of everybody and can't tell the story, I want to help them with the story. You just told me a half hour ago, I kind of know your story. I can kind of prompt you in the story. So went around all the way around, last guy on this end, shorter gentleman, a little older. He tells a story that lady in the church had befriended him, invited him to their small group, and that he'd come to faith and want to be baptized. <laughs> awesome. I was just about to finish, and he said, oh, and by the way, I really believe God healed me. Really? He goes, yeah, I have the papers, doctors, doctor said I had it, now I don't have it, it's not possible. I said, well, who prayed for you? He said, I, I don't know who prayed for me, but I was sick and I'm well, you know. I said, well, that's, I believe God healed you, but if we don't know who prayed for you, let's don't make that part of the story. Let's just talk about what we do know. So, 
So I went baptizing them in the same order that I talked to them. Now there's this last guy, a little shorter gentleman, a little older. He's in the water baptismal tank, and he's talking away. And then he says, yeah, and I used to own an appliance store in Langley. And I went, huh? Baptized him in water. Now he's got to getting changed, and I'm getting changed. Same change room. I'm saying, hey, uh, you said you had an appliance store. Yeah. Did that close about January last year? He goes, yeah, it did. Was that on Industrial Avenue? He goes, yeah. I think I know who prayed for you. He goes, who? Me. I couldn't remember him. He couldn't remember me. I said, Jim, I asked you if I could pray for you. And you said, well, it doesn't take very long. He laughs. He goes, that's exactly what I would say. I said, I prayed for you, Jim. Now we know how you got healed. The book of Acts is a book of the activities of the apostles and the followers of Jesus Christ. And this is only the first edition. There's a 2017 edition with First Assembly written on it. We want to record the activities of the followers of Jesus Christ in Calgary and around the world through the acts of the followers of Christ at First Assembly. You see, when the Holy Spirit was given, Jesus gave them bad news first. I'm going. And that had to be so disappointing. Honestly. Because when Jesus was in the room, everything changed. I, I could write a song about that, actually. And because, uh, when honestly, when he was in the room, weddings even changed. You know what I'm saying? If you went to a funeral with Jesus... Wow, anything could happen. Listen, there could be a funeral on the road and he stops the funeral. You could go visit a gravesite. Anything could happen. Twenty thousand people in the field. Well, let's let's feed them. Well, we got this little boy's lunch. How's that? I think that'll do. I think that's, I think that's pretty good. I think that's, that would be like impossible, wouldn't it? So when Jesus says, I'm going, you kind of feel like, oh man, this is the ace in the, in the hand. This is the golden egg. This is the chicken that lays the gold. This is good. He says, but the good news is, I'm sending the Holy Spirit And the same spirit that resides in me will be in all of you. So instead of us collectively having to be places, 12 of you could be in different places, and the spirit of God is actually in you and on you and can be working through you. And so Jim Grover in British Columbia, having health problems, the spirit of Christ is in me, and I could pray for him, and he could be healed right there. That would be one of the acts. 
British Columbia. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and dwells in me. The challenge is we've got a little bit of living that we've done, and we've seen some things that haven't ended well. We know people who have died. We've heard sad situations that are very tragic. People have prayed, and things have not turned around. And so when someone tells us something that is a bit tragic, the first thing we say is, oh, my goodness, man, that's rough. My aunt died of that same thing. (laughs) My second cousin had that problem. Bill there, he's been through, uh, you know, Bill, Bill, uh, uh, Sandra, she's been through this 25 times, you know. And I, But if Jesus were in the room, it's, well, do you believe? We can pray. We anticipate the miracle working of God. Acts chapter 2, Peter finishes his sermon. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it's on the screen, follow And those who believed Peter, the very first message he preached, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, there were about 3,000 people who were baptized that day. Verse 42, And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and and generosity, and all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being being saved. The New Testament church wasn't perfect. That's a great passage of the dynamic working of the New Testament church, but it wasn't perfect. However, it was dynamic because the presence of God was there and people were walking in the spirit of God. And so when they recorded the acts of the, of the apostles in the New Testament church, these were some of them. And now 2017, July, uh, June 11, what can be written today and tomorrow this week? I was reading Brian Simmons' uh, translation called The Passion Translation. I think it's Matthew 18. And he, he, in that story, as Brian puts it, Jesus, the guy, disciples are arguing who's the greatest, okay? And so Jesus knows what they're arguing. He brings a child and he says, unless you become like children, a little toddler, unless you become like children, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And then he goes on a little, expounds on it. And uh, one of the phrases he uses, Brian Simmons says, unless you have the wide-eyed wonder of a child, I don't know, wide-eyed wonder. I just love that line. I, I remember the year that my wife and I surprised our two kids to go to Disneyland. And uh, we showed up at the school. The kids got out a little bit early. And it was just before spring break. And my parents were in the van with us. And the kids walked up. And I remember saying, we had, had us on video, you know. And said, we're going to Disney, Disney World. We're going to Disney World. And I just, just... The expression on the kids' eyes, faces, wow, this is great. Now, some of you, you've been to Disney World, you go, whatever, whatever. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. That's why nothing's happening for you. That's how you're approaching life. Every morning, yeah, whatever, do the same thing I did yesterday. Really? And I've been there, too. But to get up every morning with wide-eyed wonder and say, wow, 
I wonder what the Spirit of God can do through me today. Can you imagine that? I wonder if, I wonder if going to see Jim Grover healed of hep C. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe I need to, maybe I, need, I can walk on the water. This, maybe this. Like when you look at problems differently, if the Spirit of God is residing in you and the situations come. I, I learned this, and I've said this before in, 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 this, in this place. I've said, if you want to see a great miracle, you usually have to have a, a great problem for the great miracle to happen. We're all for the great miracles. But for the guy who's all his life been lame, sitting outside the, the gates of the temple, like Peter and John came up to him. And he asked for some coin. And he goes, well, we don't have coin, but we have something else. You can be healed. And with the anticipation of what God can do the kingdom of God can be well understood if we look through the eyes of a child and the trust of a child and the joy of a child and the wide-eyed wonder of a child. The New Testament church was dynamic because of the dynamic work of the Holy Spirit. I'm saddened today because you and I have all been in places where the church more represents a drama than a dynamic experience. One of the troubling things of being a pastor for a number of years I found personally struggling with sometimes dealing with the drama of people. Now, none of you would have that kind of drama. And if you do, Shane Penny's email is... <laughs> Wasn't that the go-to? His wife's going home, brother. Like... Some of the church looks like going to a, a Stampeders game. And there's 22 people on the field risking life and limb and the future health. Giving everything they've got for a cup at the end of a season. While 30,000 people are in the stands complaining about cold hot dogs and hot beer. Doing nothing. Now that's drama. But the dynamic work of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the apostles, are the activities of the followers of Christ in that season. What was happening with the Spirit of God residing in them? What kind of signs and wonders? What kind of miracles? What things were accomplished? What things were changed? What, what was happening that only God could get the credit for? How does that look? Sometimes at church it feels more like 3,000 people in the auditorium going to a concert 
watching some pretty skilled singers, drama, dance team, perform. And we walk out of there. That, that was pretty good. Not as good as I saw you two a couple years ago. They were better. You know, not bad. Talking about hot, cold hot dogs. And but the New Testament church was dynamic. And it wasn't because they have the greatest pastor in the world and the greatest church in the world. And this is awesome. Because the Spirit of God was in them. They were waking up every morning with a sense of anticipation that God was doing something that only God could do in miracles and workings. And that changed how they did things. They shared together. They loved each other. They even sold things. The Bible says they sold properties. And now, how many know that not everybody sold their house? Because if everybody sold their house and gave all the money to give, then the next day, everybody who sold their house is in line. Because I need a place to stay now. What happened? What happened? Well, I gave everything, and I don't have a place to stay. I'm in, I'm in line now. That's, that's ridiculous. But they had things they could sell so they could share with people who had need. They had this togetherness. I do want to camp on verse 42 for just a couple minutes very quickly. The Bible says, And all the believers devoted themselves to four things very specifically. Number one, teaching. It's important to have teaching. It's important to receive teaching. It's important to be taught by the Holy Spirit. It's important to have... Now, you have a Bible. People in Acts didn't have the New Testament, they could, but you have the New Testament. You can be growing and learning. It shouldn't be strange for me or someone from the front to say, now let's all stand, turn to the person beside you, and share what God has been seeking to you out of his word this morning. Well, that's great, because God was speaking to me a lot of things this morning. I don't know if we've got time. Some of us would go, what was that verse I memorized last month? I can't, I can't remember. Committed to teaching. I leaned over to uh, Heather as our beloved pastor was speaking lines out of commercials. Did you catch those commercials that... I say he's listening to too many commercials. I can't even think of it. Some of the commercials. What were some of the ones he said? Do you remember, Heather? Do you remember what you were saying? <laughs> Don't leave home without it. Uh, there was something. I just, because those things did just bombard our mind. They sound so good. They're catchy. I love what Bill Johnson said. He said, I don't want to be in a place where I'm ever thinking a thought that God's not thinking about right now. Because if I'm thinking thoughts that God's not thinking about, I'm in, a little, I'm in a lot of trouble. So how do I get that? By reading his word, by memorizing his word, by staying in his word, by being taught. Teaching, they devote themselves to teaching. So secondly, they had fellowship. They shared things in common, fellowship. They shared with one another. They shared what things they're going through. So when we let down our guard... We're not having fellowship if you're telling me about the weather. You're not having fellowship if you're telling me about the Stanley Cup playoffs. But when you're telling me about what Jesus Christ is doing in your life, an answer to prayer, a struggle you're facing, something we're trusting God for. I was was telling Pastor Ben this week, we were at an event, and there was a situation that happened with somebody that we both knew 
And I said to him, Pastor Ben, I said, I I really felt there was a sense of um, freedom for me this week, I said, because the last time I was around this person, I flinched when I was in their presence. I was doing something, they came around the corner and they said, hey, how you doing? And I watched myself just tighten a little bit. Ever, ever had that happen? You just get a little cold, a little aloof? What they did, they said, what they were doing around you, and you felt yourself. And I felt just a little, I just felt myself getting tense. And I, go, I walked away from that. I said, Lord, I thought I'd forgiven them. And obviously this thing, I just need to continually walk in forgiveness. So I gave testimony. I said to him, I said, hey, we're at that event, and I shared, and I was just cheering them on, praying for them, because I believe God is working all things for good. I actually sent them a voicemail to encourage them. Now that was fellowship. Because we're sharing something in common about what God is doing in your life. What's he doing in your life? Is that a miracle? I want to hear about that. I want to hear about your kids too, but I want to hear about what God's doing in your life. That's what I really want to hear about. And then they had meals together. They ate together. They had uh, time for the Lord's Supper together, the Bible says. They shared together. How many know you can't rush a meal generally? I mean, we've done it pretty good at it with our fast food, but generally you have to sit down and you eat and begin to begin to share. I think every week we need to have at least one meal with some other Christians. Every week. And my phone number is... <laughs> like every, and, 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 your, and your family doesn't count, okay? Your family doesn't count. But purposefully spending some time together where you enjoy a meal together. It doesn't have to be elaborate. And you can just kind of share it. But every week... It'd be good if you could spend a meal with somebody who is a pre-Christian. They're still on the way. Every week you just have one of those, those meals where you sit down and talk and inquire and where you share together, where you celebrate together. And fourthly, it says they prayed. Prayer should be the easiest language we know. Just talking to our Heavenly Father. Who thinks you're the greatest, I might add. Pretty proud of you. He's pleased with you. I know you're thinking right now a couple things you did wrong this week. And you're going like, I don't know if he's too proud of that. Hey, he sees that and he sees a lot of other things you don't even know about yet. And he's proud of you. You could never be good enough to earn his love for you. So when I come to him, I go to him like my father if you're married, one of the practices you need to have every day is taking some time to pray together as a husband and wife. 
could be at the start of your day, could be the end of the day. I know it's it's cute little line, but families that pray together. But it actually is a statistic. It's actually true. And when you think about it, it's actually talking to your Heavenly Father about the very things you're walking through and the things you're facing. So every day, take different t- turns praying. One of you praying, or both of you praying together. Take time to pray as a family and let the family members pray. Teach them how to pray. Teach them that it, this, is the, this, is the, this is the most natural thing you could ever do is to learn how to pray. I'm going to teach you how to pray. And then if you're part of a small group or community group, are you one of those people who say, well, don't, don't ask me to pray. I, I don't pray out loud. Do you talk? Can you talk? Like, do you talk to people or are you a hermit? You have signs. If you can talk, you can pray. So pull up your pants and start somewhere. If it's a line or two. I find most people have publicly trouble praying out loud. It's because they don't pray out loud when they're alone. So when you tell them to do something, you say, well, I just pray in my mind. I just think those thoughts. God knows. I know he knows. But he taught his disciples, when you pray, say to this mountain. So most people who have trouble praying out loud are because they haven't been praying by themselves out loud. So find a place where you can start praying out loud. In your car, on your bike, on the street. When somebody says here, let's give a shout to God, a voice of triumph. People go, well, I don't shout. Okay, another thing to add to your singing and shouting and all expressions. Because something we do as church people is we pray together. We pray for each other. We pray with each other. We pray to our Heavenly Father, agreeing together for the supernatural to be done. Praying for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying for that to happen. And when that's not happening for you, I want to pray for you. The most natural thing I could do when I'm in the foyer and you tell me something, I say, well, can we pray right now? most natural thing on the street would be someone tells me something, I want, can I pray for you right now? I'm not, I'll be praying for you. No, I'm going to pray with you right now. most natural thing for us is to say, I'm going to bring this situation to God and we're going to pray for something to take place here. We're going to anticipate that. Now, maybe you've gathered here this morning and, and, you've, and uh, you are so courageous in your smile, your your manners, your singing. But there's something going on in your life right now that it feels like your life is ending. It could be some news you've heard. It could be some challenge you're facing. And I know we have prayed for each other already. But I think there's some people that you've heard news or there's a sickness or a challenge you're facing. And the New Testament church saw signs and wonders happening that 
those are the acts that we're looking for. And this morning, we want to pray for you. We're going to have the Lord's table in just about three minutes from now. But I don't want to miss this chance to pray for you. So I'm going to invite all of you to stand with me, please. And this morning, if you're in a situation that is difficult and hard, and I hope all of you have those situations from time to time, and this morning you need some brothers and sisters who will put their arms around you, at least pray for you, and stand with you. And maybe you had prayer already, or maybe this is something new, and you want somebody to pray for you. So in a moment, I'm going to have you raise your hand, which will be a sign to everybody here you want prayer. And then once you've done that, as soon as you put your hand up, people are going to start moving around from their designated locations in the auditorium. And they're going to come around you. They're going to put their hand on your shoulder, your elbow, your back, just very lightly. And they're going to pray for you. And we're going to believe God for a miracle in your situation. Because he's able. This will be one of the acts. June 11th healing, transformation, salvation. So if you want prayer this morning, put your hand up and hold it up. Okay, now people immediately start moving around these people. We love these guys. We love these guys. We love them. We care about them. Just move around. Just move around. Keep your hand up for a few minutes because we're all so slow to move around like this. Just move around them just really quickly because we're going to pray for them in Jesus' name. Everybody should have four or five people around them. Okay? Everybody should have four or five people around them. 10, 12, 20 people. Because we're praying for them. We're interceding for them. They're in a situation. Next week, you might be in that situation. We're going to pray for you. And now, maybe if you're right there just before we're leading in some singing, if you can say, uh, you know, healing or a need, financial need, or you could just give them. Or if you can't, that's fine. If you don't want to say anything, just pray. Now I want people around there to start praying for them, okay? And the rest of us, let's don't watch. Let's be interceding and praying for them as well, okay? Let's just make this a place of prayer, and then we're going to have the Lord's table together and agree together. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for miracles to be done. We pray for transformation. We pray for what is cold to be hot, for those that, are, that have gone down to go up in Jesus' name. We pray for incurable diseases to be made whole in Jesus' name. We pray for prognosis of what doctors have said. We prophesy into those dead bones to come to life again. We pray, the Lord, what's been reversed would come. We pray for jobs to come our way. We pray, Lord, for resources to be poured on our lap. We pray that, Lord, you're going to send angels that are going to come unawares. Ravens are going to feed us in Jesus' name. We just pray for those miracles, O oh Lord, by your Spirit. Accomplish it, Lord God. Accomplish it, Lord God. Oh God, we pray for every cancerous cell to be gone. We just pray in Jesus' name. For a son and a daughter has walked away from God. We pray for marriages today. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, we pray. What is impossible with man is possible with God. So we are praying together. We're the believers. We're standing together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.